are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers and locked on to the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm Bryce Patrick, host of the Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is a crossover episode talking all things Rangers and Rays. I am joined by Ulysses Zambrano, host of the Locked On Rays podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. Ulysses, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. I don't think we've done a crossover before in the several years that we have both been working for this network. No, no, we, we've this is our first time, so finally, it's good to finally see you over a screen and interacting with you. We've only interacted with with either memes or or snazzy comebacks at each other on on our uh, Twitter uh, DMs, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, it is good to see you in person. These teams, you yeah. know, for not, I feel like they never ever play. When they do, there have been some some. I don't know if it's spicy. There have been some important moments, and there have been some some pretty key trades that have been happening. But I, before we get into that, we'll definitely get into the Nathaniel Lowe trade, the Pete Fairbanks trade, and the robbery of the rightful AL Rookie of the Year last year. I want. I just want to know where are the Rays at this year. I know it. It's been the Rays have a really good team, and there was a lot of talk about the Rays having an offense that was better than they've had in several years. And obviously, like we know, the Rays are just a pitch factory one of the best teams in all of major league baseball at developing pitching and this year is no different but where are the rays right now and what is important happening in this month of september for this tampa bay team well the rays right now were in a in a very odd place that they didn't think they would find themselves in which was be at play with the division which was insane when August started because they had a 15-game lead. The Yankees did on the race, 15. And when they came to the TROP uh, about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks, the Braves were so close to sweeping them after being in the Bronx and almost sweeping them too so that the actual lead became down to three and a half at, at, at at its slimmest. Uh, unfortunately, the race uh, w- were just knocked out uh, the last two games in the Bronx. So the division is no longer really a, a the, the mission, the goal anymore. The, the goal is get that top wildcard spot, which they they have everything in their hands to to be able to do this. So because they have actually five games in Toronto in four days, which they split two so far at the time of this recording. Um, and then they have four more with the Toronto Blue Jays. At home, so that's their biggest rivalry is the Toronto Blue Jays, and so they need to beat that Blue Jays team. But they're entrenched right now in the in the wild card uh, seeding position. But it's so close, Bryce, that you lose one game and then you go from being the top wild card to the last wild card. It's it's insane right now what you're seeing from the Mariners, the Rays, and then the Blue Jays. It's just a head to head that's going to go probably until the end of the season. You know, I I've just really loved watching this wild card race. I wish the Rangers were a part of it. They are very far back from being a part of it, but 
I have so many teams that are in that wildcard race that I really like all of them. I have, uh, you know, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Orioles because they have so many former Rangers on there. I have a friend who works for the Orioles, so I have a genuine rooting interest there. I really like a lot of these young Blue Jays players, even though the Blue Jays of old, you know, with Jose Bautista and, you know, a bunch of guys that just have very punchable faces that Ruben Odor <laughs> took advantage of. Um, and I really like the Rays. I mean, they're underdogs, and I know they're fans. They're, there's not a whole lot of them, but the ones that aren't, they're real diehard fans, and I think they deserve every bit of success. I love seeing them thrive there. But those stupid Yankees, if the Yankees were just bad, then, then all of the teams that I like, I also have a little soft spot for Seattle. I probably won't once they are terrorizing the Rangers for the next like decade or so with Julio Rodriguez. But like, there's yeah. a lot of really great teams that you want to root for that haven't had you know a lot of title, that haven't been like these juggernauts that are like, you know what? I want these young kids to go out there and thrive, but I, I do want, speaking of young kids and, and rookies, I just, I have to let you know that the sporting news, I have always said the sporting news rookie of the year is the only rookie of the year that is worth a darn because last year they selected it to Garcia as their rightful rookie of the year. And the frauds who were voting in the uh, pro baseball writers, Association of America, whatever the actual term is, uh, they fictitiously selected Randy Rosarena last year, and I just want you to know that that was a falsehood, and it was not deserved. Well, you know, the BBWA writers, uh, you know, they, they chose the right man. I, what can I say? The, the 2020 <laughs> guy, Randy Rosarena. Look, I, I, I thought it was going to be closer than, than what it ended up being. Uh, I think, honestly, last year was was great when you saw so many young guys being able to to have the possibility i mean the race selfishly speaking and and maybe biased speaking obviously here yeah shane mcclanahan randy rosarena and wander franco it's like they were like look one of these guys is gonna get it we're just gonna get it by sheer volume of opportunity here but i mean it's You've seen it now for the last, what, four or five years, Bryce? I mean, the guys like Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr., Vladimir Guerrero, I mean, they're just the talent. Adley Rutschman this year, Julio Rodriguez, I mean, that. Tell me that there isn't going to be a Bryce next year in Orioles fandom when Julio takes it or in Seattle fandom when Adley wins it. it it's just, it's been crazy the amount of energy that this young guys have 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 come up and, and been able to just play with the big boys, you know, and, and you, 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 your fandom is, is Josh Young. Didn't he, uh, didn't he just come, come up about a week ago? I know I think he has like 20 plate appearances. I know the strikeouts are a little bit high right now, but the dude is, is, is has been a stud always. And he's from Texas Tech. So I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. that you've been. Yep. Yep. That's my guy him for a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I saw him as a freshman. My last year at Texas Tech was his first year. My only scouting yeah. claim to fl- claim to fame was watching him that year and saying, you know what, this guy is going to be a first-round pick. He's going to be a big leaguer. And you know what? He has made me right in both of them. It's not because I'm smart. It's just because Josh Young is really freaking good. And, yeah, I think he's definitely going to be in that Rookie of the Year race. He came up last Friday. So as this episode is coming out exactly a week ago, it was a little bit later than I thought. He had a couple injuries. Like, if – if he was completely healthy, I think in 2021, around like maybe even June 
of that year, he would have made his major league debut. But he had a foot injury, a stress fracture in his foot that kept him out until the beginning of June in 2021. This year, he had the shoulder injury that they thought his entire season was going to be lost, but he rehabbed really, really well. It healed very quickly, and you know he ended up playing a lot faster than the Rangers had initially thought, played about a month in AAA, played about a week in the Arizona Complex League while he was rehabbing, and he looks like the real freaking deal. But I was just really happy that Adolis Garcia and Randy Rosarena, both guys who were former Cardinals who I absolutely hate, I love that both of them were given up for yeah. basically nothing and ended up thriving and looking fantastic. Adolis was yeah. was in a, uh, I believe he got cash considerations. I think 200 k was about what the Rangers got for him. And the Rangers even DFA'd him at the beginning of that year, and they did not believe that he would come up and make a difference. But actually, his coming out party was in Tampa. We're going to get into that a little bit about these two great players. But first, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football needs and sports info this season. Ulysses, do you have a pro football team, a college football team that you do you would want to do a lot of betting on? I know that the Bucks are there, and they are a, I, I, a pretty good football team. You you got to give it to TB12 slash the GOAT there, so I would go Bucks. <laughs> Yeah, uh, th- there was there was a football game that was allegedly played uh, between the teams from both of our. our I, I don't know. You tell me if there was allegedly, or if there wasn't. Allegedly, <laughs> I, I I am saying that I did not witness it. Uh, I'm pretending right. that it yeah. didn't happen and that this football season <laughs> didn't happen for the NFL. But if you if your football team is actually good or you want to make some money betting on teams that are not the Dallas Cowboys, you can go to Bet Online. It's the fastest <laughs> and easiest way to check out on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So you don't even have to think about football because I know if you're a Cowboys fan, you really don't want to right now. Head to the website today or use your device to learn more about the trends in action because bet online it's where the game starts so it took about a month for Adolis Garcia to finally get called up and I be- I want to say that his first series in the big leagues was in Tampa I know that was definitely his coming out party he had his first home run with the Rangers there actually his first major league home run did play three games in Texas in 2020 I honestly like could not remember any little bit of that to be totally honest but he had an absolute coming out party in tampa bay that started off a fantastic month of may where he ended up becoming an all-star just a really really great season for him do you remember that series and how frustrating that was because they were they were not just big home runs but they were like clutch home runs and that's something that he has done very well in his major league career so far bryce i remember it vividly because he ruined my um my birthday uh, I, I went, I, it was, I went to the drop. I took the time. I was like, you know, I'm going to go to St. Pete because if you're for people in Texas here, the drop is not in Tampa. You actually have to go to St. Pete, which is like at least an hour away. There are more. So it's like Arlington to Dallas. Yeah. I mean, it's like an hour. Yeah. So, so yeah. It, it, there are more dolphins living near the trop than human beings. When people are like, why is, why is it only blue seats around in the trop? Well, cause there are more dolphins. The dolphins can get in. And those are the people that live, or those are the, the, the creatures that live. Hey, near let the, the dolphins in. Dolphins. Okay. Let the dolphins in, you know, do they pay taxes? I don't know. Ask them. Maybe. Anyway, um, maybe they do. So, I, I, I take time off work. I'm like, oh, it's going to be my birthday. It's going to be great. It's the Texas Rangers are coming in. Oh, boy, I'm going to see the party. 
boy, Adolis just ruined my whole weekend plan. Like, I mean, it was it was it was crazy. So I do remember it vividly. It it was a sucky series. Um, but no, he he's a monster, man. I mean, I, I I think the only flaw, and maybe you know, obviously you 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 see him more than I do, obvi. But it, it's the walks. It's it's the lack of play discipline that he just wants to go up there and swing and some guys can be really good at that and and they don't have to work their walks but most guys need that on base and it just seems like he just doesn't want to do that he wants to swing the bat he's up there to swing he's gonna swing just like francisco mejia for the race their catcher um who's been the backup catcher but now has been the primary because of mike zunino being out the whole season he's like that too he's like a dollar he's like i have a bat i get three i get three strikes i'm swing all the time is that the only flaw that you see from a dollar yeah for the most part there's also been a little bit of an issue last year he had a fantastic first half fantastic pre-all-star break very deserving of that all-star nod but in the back half Everything went to crap. Everything was awful for the Rangers. Adolis completely fell off. This is his first like full major league season with the 162 game workload. And, you know, he is a guy who expends a lot of effort. You watch him play one game, you can see he is just firing on all cylinders, giving 300% in every game. So he's had to take a few yeah. more days off, but that's made him a lot better in the second half. But yeah, the walk rate is not really where you want it. It's gotten better. It's still not great, but he has gotten a lot more selective with his pitches. And the Rangers really just got like a three, four win player out of absolutely nowhere, which is a huge, huge win for them. Another guy who right now is a three win player could end up being a four win player is Nathaniel Lowe. I I, got to say at the time, this is one of the dumbest things that I have. He has made me look dumber than pretty much any other player, because at the time, I still stand by this at the time it making sense. But when the Rangers made this trade, they're trading for a first baseman, which they had Ronald Guzman, who was just like, fine. I don't know if you remember in that. I think that exact same series, Ronald Guzman, for some stupid reason, was playing the outfield, which he never should have done. He was a fantastic defensive first baseman. He is called the Condor. He listed at 6'7". I'm pretty sure he's like 6'12", because he's got just the most ridiculous arms man. But he was a fantastic defensive first baseman. And for some stupid reason, they put him in the outfield. And he tore his ACL, and the Rangers basically caught him at the end of the year. Now, I thought, okay, this guy's fine. You've invested a lot of money. He he and, and Nomar Mazzara back in 2000 and I want to say 2012 were both like the highest paid international bonuses, international signing bonuses of all time out of the Dominican. Both of those guys basically like that pretty much single handedly reformed the entire system down there. Of like, all right, we need a bonus pool because Texas is just getting <laughs> crazy out there. And funny enough that like neither one of them have turned into stars, which there's a whole other thing I don't even want to get into because it just upsets me a whole lot. Um, but at the time, I yeah. thought you don't really you're not trading for a position of need. You're trading a bunch of like minor league, like lotto tickets and like the guys you cannot afford to trade away when you finally, after three years of stalling around in mediocrity, were like embracing the rebuild. Like those are not the guys that you can afford to trade. And that's not the kind of guy that you want to trade for. A guy you like you already kind of have a passable position. And like I thought last year, like maybe he'll be fine. Decent OBP. Had a lot of power he never really tapped into. And yeah. it's like and he was terrible the defensively. This year, he is still very terrible defensively in the bottom one percent of outs above average at first base. But offensively, he has been 
a revelation. He's hitting 308, top 10 in Major League Baseball and batting average. Not that that really matters, but the OPS is fantastic as well. 865, got 24 home runs. 12 of those are coming after the All-Star break. And he's got an OPS over 1,000 since the All-Star break in, I believe, 50 50 games? It's been a lot, and he has been crushing it. How do you feel about this trade in retrospect, and how did you feel about it at the time? I, I, I think that when he put up that season last year with 264 and a 771 OPS, I was like, that's good. Like, wow, okay, so th- he's going to be a solid guy. Um, at the time of the trade, see, th- this is where every fandom is a little bit different, right? Um, as, as, a, as a race fan... I'm used to for like the majority of time is when we make a trade. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Like I, I might not see it all, but, and I might get hurt or I might think, Hmm, why did they only get Oslavis, Basabe and Harry Berto Hernandez? Like, who, I mean, who are these guys? Like, why are these, the names coming back? Really? Nate Lowe is already like major league ready. Look back now. I, I, uh, I think we made that trade what two years ago? Uh, yeah, maybe. I think it was, yeah, it was after. I think it was after 2020 because 2021 exactly. was his first season here. So exactly. So after 2020, maybe the winter meeting. So so we're talking now full two years later. Uh, they're both top 30, I think, by Baseball America uh, prospects, both Basabe mm-hmm. and and Herbert. Now you also got our- Alexander Ovales as well, who I, I like. Right. I liked. I liked all of those guys, and they're all pretty solid. And looking at where they're doing now, I intentionally have not looked at them until like right now um, because I was like, ah, knowing the Rays and their development, these guys yeah. are turned freaking stars. Uh, we're we're gonna get into that a little bit more, but first, this word from our sponsors. Now, these are the guys that that just really frustrated me. There is another guy, a player to be named later, Carl Chester, who has not quite worked out quite as well. He is 26 years old and he has not done a whole lot. He has been actually, he's back with Texas now in round rock. Actually the last, the last minor league action he had was in round rock in 2021. Um, which I don't exactly know what went on there. He was with Milwaukee for a while. I, I don't know, but he was listed as a player to be named later there. I, don't, I just got completely sidetracked. Uh, Oslavis Basabe is a guy who I believe was in low A or the Arizona Complex League at the time when the Rangers traded him. I thought, okay, this guy has shown some promise there. Same with Jairberto Hernandez. He was a guy who played left field, right field, and first base. He played in the Arizona Fall League last year. This year he has been... He is 22 years old in high A with Bowling Greed. He's got an 867 OPS, 24 home runs in 119 games. That is deeply upsetting to see. But at the same time, at the same time, the Rangers got a sure thing right now. And the Rangers exactly. needed a sure thing. They needed an above average bat. Their offense in 2020 and 2021 was absolutely horrendous. Absolutely awful and this is a texas rangers team who for the entire history of the franchise has been yeah they can hit really well but they can never get pitching now they've got a new stadium where pitching isn't miserable and like it's more of a neutral kind of park but last year was the worst offensive year i've ever seen of texas rangers baseball so having daniel Lowe even being like if eh, fine pretty good was like by far the best hitter the rangers had at the end of the year after joey gallo was traded away
Yeah, no, 100%. And and this is why it's very odd to say win-win trades in baseball. I don't know much about football or um, or basketball, for that matter, on how trades usually go. But it's really odd to say in baseball, oh, that's that was a win-win trade. Like, usually one guy is going to bite the bullet. And and so, mm-hmm. but for this, you guys need it. Nate Lowe and, and Nathaniel yep. Lowe, what he provided right here, right now, that's what you want it. Um, and for the Rays, they had G-Man Choi. They have Yandy Diaz, and they like that platoon between lefty and righty. And now G-Man Choi is, uh, actually was a better f- glove than Nate Lowe. And so what you're telling that's me not, about That's not hard. Everyone's a better glove than, than Nate Lowe. <laughs> well, it, it, and, that, and that was his big thing. That was big thing in Tampa. Like, is he going to improve with the glove? And that's they pl- y'all, why— Y'all played him at third base and in the outfield. That just, like, blows my freaking mind. Y'all did that on purpose. It, uh, ours too. Ours too. I was like, what are you doing? But they, I think they did it. I think uh, that was third base. Good memory. That was the wild card game, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in Oakland. And I think he did it for like three innings or something like that. It was an odd, you know, Kevin Cash, okay, you know. He did it. Okay. This is his his defensive games uh, in the big leagues. At Tampa in 2019, he had four games. Only one started at third base in 2019. And okay. only first base and third base. Okay, he did not play the outfield. I thought he did, but he did not. Um, at least not in okay. the regular season. He had two games at third base, and only one of those was started in 2020 with Tampa Bay. So those are the regular oh, season. He's only played first and third, which just still blows my freaking insane. mind. Yeah. Also, no, so, you talked so, about the, I, the platoon split. Nathaniel Lowe is hitting better against lefties this year than he is against righties, which is just kind of nuts. A 988 OPS in 164 plate appearances against lefties and an 814 in 397 against righties. But the thing that he could not do last year and the thing that made me most concerned about him, and I'm sure was the same way in Tampa, is that he could not hit fastballs with high velocity. This year, Mm -hmm. the Rangers brought in a new offensive coordinator that's his title donnie ecker who did a really good job of turning around the giants offense last year and specifically with them hitting fastballs he abandoned coach pitch in in um in the pregame warm-ups and instead started using a pitching machine that could more accurately replicate velo and i think that really helped him because we i'm sure he mashed the breaking stuff and the off-speed stuff pretty well with tampa that's what he did last year and this year him being he's not even great against fastballs he's just like fine and for him to be able to mash against breaking stuff and off-speed stuff and to be not be able to be taken advantage of with fastballs like that is what has taken him from like pretty good to like otherworldly like he's been in like two months but bryce i just i i I'm just a, a slight slight very slight tangent here if you have a calculus exam coming up do you practice for that calculus exam by doing algebra one no, that would be silly. Why are you throwing, you know, nuggets out there before you're going to face Clayton Kershaw, before you're going to face Martin Perez, before you're going to face Sh- uh, Shane McClanahan? Like, it, I would, I would like to sense. just not face, face Shane McClanahan, to be all honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I know, uh, you, you know, it, it's crazy. He might come out of the aisle very soon, and you guys actually might be the first team to oh, meet up no. with him this oh, weekend no. <laughs> when he comes up but he might face toronto in that last five game series that they have so we'll see we'll see bryce but yeah I've i would save him save is. him for that you know you got it you're gonna need <laughs> yeah. him against the, that that's what it is you know john oh, gray oh, actually oh, just oh, came oh. off the aisle as well the rainers are in a bad yeah. way with starting pitching and like i would 
I would do a lot of really bad things to be able to develop pitching like the Rays have. Like, just really, really bad things. The Rangers have a lot more starting pitching like in their system than they have in years past. They've done a terrible job. The most successful homegrown pitcher the Rangers have had in the last, I want to say, 10 years is Martin Perez, and he was not that good until, like, this year. Like, it's crazy how hard it is to develop pitching. Now they've got Jack Light, they've got Kumar Rocker, they've got Brock Porter, and, well, Cole Wynn forgot how to throw strikes. Before that, he was really promising. Um, But, I mean, the the next next year's rotation is going to be pretty nasty with the lighter, uh, Rocker, and then you got John Gray. Maybe Martin Perez comes back. They they need to have Martin Perez come back because, like, they just – Lighter, lighter's not ready next year. It may be towards the end of okay. the year, but like I thought, he'd be coming a lot through a lot faster. He has had a lot more, a lot more difficulties actually having to you know adjust for these hitters that are really good because he's been the best player at every league he's been in probably since he was like eight years old, if not like oh. forever. And this is the first yeah, time where yeah. it was like. Oh crap! Like there's some really good what is players here. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and like the SEC is some good competition, but like it's it's no double A. There's no um, Corbin Carrolls there. There's no um, other really great double A players that I'm blanking on that have that have been there. And so uh, Rocker, we'll see. He's not pitching at all during the regular season. He's probably almost. I'm I'm like 99% sure they haven't said, but he's almost certainly going to make his debut in the fall league because he's only pitched 20 innings this year. I would have liked to have seen him pitch in August, but, you know, it's fine, whatever. They say the shoulder's healthy, and if you get anywhere near the top 25 percentile of his outcome, that is going to look like a really good pick for the slot they gave him to also get Brock Porter as well. Well, you know who also has a healthy shoulder? Who? Pete Fairbanks. Ah, Pete Fairbanks. Crazy my ass. my walking aneurysm. No fault of his <laughs> own, but just every time I see him, I think, huh, that yeah. would have been freaking nice. Yeah. Pete Fairbanks, for those of you who don't know, uh, who those of you who are casual Rangers fans who uh, don't want to hate yourself, just you know, skip forward about five minutes because you're just going to hate yourself hearing this next part. Just go on to the next episode. Um, uh, but Fairbanks was a guy who came through the Rangers system. He had, I, I want to say he's, it was either his first or his second Tommy John surgery. And just out of nowhere, went from throwing like 90 to 92 to like, 95 to like 99 i think he went all the way from low a it might have been high eight all the way to the big leagues in like a two-month span he was just absolutely dominating everybody he had just the nastiest slider incredibly nasty fastball and i'm just like well we kind of suck this year so like let's try and get a guy with a little bit higher upside there's this nick solak guy that the rays have he doesn't really have a position but he can just hit he can just hit he can hit really well at all levels and he's like a really great guy well right he came to the big leagues and for 33 games, he hit. He hit really well in 2019. You thought, okay, here's this 24-year-old kid. He might not really have a position. He might end up being like left field slash DH, you know, whatever. But he can hit. And then he didn't hit. And then he didn't hit again. And he still can't hit at the major league level. And it has just not worked out at all. He's played in 34 games this year. He was supposed to be the left field platoon with Brad Miller. Brad Miller was going to hit against the righties. Nick Soak was going to hit against the lefties. And uh, they both just sucked. (laughs) 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 They were both just terrible. Meanwhile, Pete Fairbanks has just had the nastiest fastball in almost all of baseball with an incredibly nasty slider. And, you know, a Rangers pen that could really use a 
a Pete Fairbanks. Not that there is a single bullpen in all of Major League Baseball that could not use a Pete Fairbanks. Right, but he has increased velocity from last year. Like, he was out uh, until maybe late July this year, so he missed most. So I don't know if it's the arm being fresh, but, I, I mean, because he was injured, you know, he's only had about 20 innings worth of work this season, but the forcing fastball was sitting at 97.1 miles an hour last year. It's at 99. Yeah, I'm looking year. at it now on Baseball Savant. It's, it's it's not only it's not only the 99th percentile in velocity. It's 96th percentile in speed in in uh in spin. Like yeah, one of the things he reminds me of Matt Bush. I don't know if you know much about Matt Bush. Yeah. Matt Bush was a guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For Rays fans who don't know, Matt Bush was a guy who was the former number one overall pick. Had a lot of issues off the field. Um. Spent some Next time Rays in prison. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, he was. I didn't realize yeah. that he spent time with the Rays. I thought he was drafted. I know he's yeah. drafted by the Padres. I didn't realize he spent time with the Rays. He's yeah, um, like I think Brandon Geyer might have um, been the guy who lent him his SUV, and then he got in a crash in a car crash. Matt Bush did. Yeah, with yeah, and, Brandon Geyer and, SUV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he spent several yeah. years in prison. The Rangers helped yeah. bring him out and rehabilitate him. They had some success with another former number one overall pick who had a lot of troubles in Josh Hamilton, another former Ray. Um, but they did a really good job of like helping him. He like he's one of those few success stories. A lot of times, baseball kind of fetishizes like, oh, you know, comeback player, whatever, blah 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 blah. And yeah. like they don't really, you know, actually learn from their mistakes and get better. But like Matt Bush really did, and that was something that really encouraged me about him. But his fastball was like this. It was like ninety, like ninety eight, ninety nine miles an hour with this just insane spin rate and an insane slider. And that's like, yeah, that's Pete Fairbanks too. So um, it is really hurts to lose him the rangers actually did trade matt bush to the brewers this year he is still in major league baseball after missing two seasons really cool to see him and glad that he can go be on an actual good team because the rangers are not that right now they do have their pitching stack staff back and mostly healthy uh cole reagans who i don't think we're gonna see this weekend is finally back this is the second start off the il he's starting literally right now john gray had his first start back off the il against the marlins looked fantastic which Again, so we Marlins will see offense. John Gray. I think so. I think so. He pitched. He threw forty-five pitches, went like three and two-thirds innings in that one, and struck out, I believe, five. So, yeah. I don't. He. I think he's going to be on like a sixty-pitch pitch count, but I do believe he will be. I think probably on Sunday, if my math is correct. I'm not a math person, so my math might technically be off. But I think yeah. I think you'll see him on Sunday. And you, I think you'll also see an, an improved Martin Perez, who has been just the absolute linchpin of this horrendous range of rotation. He, he, I mean, from all baseball, I mean, he he's just been the 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 icon, the guy who's like who's you know breaking it in in Texas, and it's definitely been Martin uh, Perez. Mm-hmm. So no, you guys are probably going to see a, a bunch of different arms because of this five game four day series with the Toronto Blue Jays. They're just going to be expending all uh, of these arms so it's going to be you know either guys getting called up from triple a making spot starts maybe you see a Corey kluber getting some extra rest so maybe you see <sighs> him on even, friday don't even don't even talk to me i about know Corey kluber i oh. know dude i know god it sucks uh, yeah well, if you guys would don't know him. the story about Corey kluber and texas and the texas rangers Go look at, if you're look a Texas at, Ranger fan, don't look into even it. Worse, you, it's, it's even worse. It's even worse than Pete Fairbanks. There's Emmanuel Classe, yes. who is a guy who's throwing 102 mile an hour freaking cutters. For, yes, no, it's, it's inning, disgusting. An inning yeah. for a guy from, from 
the Dallas-Fort Worth greater Metroplex in a stupid 2020 season where they had the worst offense in baseball and thought, you know what, we're going to compete because they had Lance Lynn and Mike Miner and a two-time Cy Young winner. This two-time Cy Young winner pitched literally one inning, had a shoulder injury that kept him out for the entire season. 12 pitches. Wasn't it 12 it, it pitches? Was, I don't know how many. It was It was literally one inning. It was a yeah. shutout inning. It was really nice and fun for one whole inning. Um, Didn't they have a bobblehead too, and they had to cancel it or something like that? Yeah, they did. And then the next year, he the Rangers didn't take that option. He signed with the Yankees and came back and threw a no hitter no in hitter. Texas. Yeah. Um, just oh. an ultimate middle finger, not his fault. Yeah. Um, wish his shoulder yeah. would have held up. And yeah, wish they could have still had we Emmanuel like Classe. Um, yeah, you go yeah, enjoy him. Nice. Just can yeah. you just like trade the Rangers like two or three competent major league pitchers? Like, I don't, I'll give you we my gave right you arm. Nate we gave you Salak. You gave us Pete Fairbanks. I, you did I, well, not. Actually, you, Matt Moore signed with you guys. And that's an old friend of ours. Yeah. And he is having the season of his life. The curve. He has a new rework curveball That's actually really good. He is looking fantastic. For him. He did start in the major leagues against the Rangers in that 2010. You remember? Yes. Uh, yeah, of course I do. It was the first time the Rangers actually won a playoff series, both their <laughs> first playoffs. Well, I guess they also had yeah. the Yankees that year, but their first two divisional series wins. They're actually only two divisional series wins in franchise history are both against the Rays and not against those stupid blue Jays. But this is going to be a fun (laughs) series. Uh, If you could just like, you know, have some, some guys on your major league roster, even in triple a, I even take some like low a Rays starting pitching to, you know, it would be fun to do another trade. I would yeah. I would be okay with another uh, you know Nate Lowe it's Pete Fairbanks situation yeah whatever it's going to nice. be it's definitely going to be lopsided one way or the other I have no <laughs> idea which way it's going to work because I've looked really dumb on both of those trades because I thought both of them uh, I felt the exact opposite way as I should have when both of them <laughs> happened but um, best of luck to y'all in the playoffs I'll be rooting for y'all and I'm rooting for everybody so it's not really a, a heavy rooting interest <laughs> glad that you can enjoy Pete Fairbanks if I can't and glad that I can. Enjoy Enjoy Nathaniel Lowe if you can't. Thank yes. y'all so much for listening. Uh, Ulysses, where can the fine folks listening to Locked On Rangers find you and your work? They can find me on Twitter at Sombrano Ulysses. If you're looking at uh, the screen right now, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for subscribing. Uh, you can also subscribe to Locked On Race, and we are also on YouTube, and you can do that, and it would help us immensely. We are right now at around 460 subscribers, so up and coming uh pod not like locked on rangers on youtube which is killing it but we're getting there okay we're getting there small uh, you know small steps by small steps i will give you my key to success have your baseball team spend 500 billion dollars in three days that (laughs) that's it that's gonna be rough for us (laughs) (laughs) spend 500 billion dollars in like three years i don't know okay five years maybe five let's say five Um, for those listening to Locked on Rage, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. That's Patrick with no C, Bryce with an I. As the Lord intended it, sorry, Bryce Harper, you spell your name wrong. Totally embarrassing for you. You can also follow Locked on Rangers on Twitter at Locked on Rangers and subscribe on YouTube. Locked on Rangers, YouTube subscribers, go follow and subscribe to Locked on Rage. Help them hit that 1,000 mark. Help out our friends, Ulysses. Uh, man, this is going to be a lot of fun. I am glad that at least... If if someone if I'm not enjoying the season the end of the season then somebody is I'm gonna enjoy every bit of of uh, 
not Pete Fairbanks pitching against the Rangers, and I'm going to enjoy every bit of Adolis Garcia, the rightful AL Rookie of the Year, hopefully thriving yet again in Tampa. Ulysses, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing, and until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.